Sometimes studying the Bible can feel overwhelming and confusing. Grounded in Truth with Janet Dennison will help you learn to study, understand, and apply God's Word to your daily life. His Word is true. And guess what? It's for everyone. So thanks for joining us today as we dive into Scripture together. to the Grounded in Truth Summer Series with me, Janet Dennison. Last week, we wrapped up our study on Ephesians and Paul's reminder to the church at Ephesus of the unfathomable gift from God we have in Christ Jesus and the blessings we receive by standing firm in our faith. This week, we are beginning an eight-week series on personal prayer, which is volume one of a three-volume series titled Studies on Prayer. We'll release the other two volumes in late spring and early summer of 2023. This first series is devoted to our personal prayers. Why did God teach us to pray? The answer is simple, because God is our Father and He enjoys talking to His children. So what can make it difficult at times to talk to our Father and how can we develop a prayer life that draws us nearer to Him? These lessons are designed to guide our prayers and help them become the conversations the Lord wants to have with us each day so He can become that guiding voice for our journey through life. Let's dig into this week's lesson and explore what God wants to teach us about our personal prayers. Welcome to lesson two of our studies on prayer. Today, I wanted to talk about praying for God's help in our lives. None of us walk this life easily. It's true that in our life, there are times we know we need God to help us with something. And I wanted to talk about a prayer today from somebody who experienced a time just like that. What can we learn from Asa about praying for God to help us? I wanted to start with a Psalm 46, verse 1. It's a Psalm of David when David prayed for help. And he wanted the reader of that Psalm to understand that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. From King David, we learn that God is our refuge. What is a refuge? He's a refuge is a place to go to for safety, a place to go to to hide sometimes. God is where we need to learn to run to when we need help. And in our world, there's certainly a lot of other places we're encouraged to run to. God is your best help. God is our strength. The answers we need are answers that will help us move through the difficult time. It's the help we need not to necessarily remove it all the time, but to help us overcome it. And God is our present help in trouble. I love that phrase, our very present help in times of trouble. Why do we pray? Prayer is one of the best ways to recognize that God is present with you, walking through this life with you and ready to help. 
Remember that first and second chronicles were written after the Jewish people had left Babylon and come back to rebuild what was left of the Holy Land, Israel. And the authors of first and second chronicles wanted the nation to remember their history, to know their history. And so these books were written to remind people of what God had done in the past, because what God has done in the past, he's still able to do today. So biblical history is really the best way for us to study and know our unchanging God. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1, And Abijah rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. That would be Jerusalem. Asa, his son, succeeded him as king, and in his days the country was at peace for ten years. Abijah had died, and his son had moved into the position of king. These verses say that the country under Asa, when he became king, had peace for 10 years. One of the best lessons I ever learned in my spiritual life was that the time to get ready for the hard times of life was the good times of life. The best time to prepare yourself for a time of trial is yesterday. Start now and draw close to the Lord now. Practice prayer now. And then when you hit a time of trial or struggle, you already are in a conversational relationship with the God who is present in your life. Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. That's verse 2. What did he do that pleased God, that God found good and right? It says in verse 3 that Asa removed the foreign altars and the high places, smashed the sacred stones, and cut down the Asherah poles. We know from other texts in scripture that these foreign altars, these high places, these sacred stones and the Asherah poles were used to worship small g gods like Baal. They were foreign worship. Today we might call them occult worship. And Asa got rid of those things from his land. As king, he was allowed to say, take that away, take it down. It's not to be here. In our country, we live in a democracy. And so the taking down of foreign things, things that are not of God, would have to be a personal decision in our own lives. But we could start this uh, lesson today saying, as you pray, do you pray for God to help you remove those things in life that stand against his way of thinking, stand against the purity of your faith? Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. What do we need to do today to make ourselves more right in the eyes of the Lord our God? What does he want to remove from our lives? It says in verse 4 that Asa commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors, 
and to obey his laws and commands. Again, we don't have an earthly king like Asa was. We do, however, have a heavenly king. And if we make Jesus Lord of our lives, we are in essence giving him permission to wipe away anything he doesn't want from our lives and to help us seek God in our life. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our life, is to help us seek God. Who is this God? The same God that was the God of the ancestors of King Asa back here in the book of Chronicles. And what do we want to do? We want to walk so closely with our king that we obey his laws and his commands. It says in verse 7, Asa said, let us build up these towns, he said to Judah, and put walls around them with towers, gates, and bars. He wanted to rebuild the land after it had been destroyed by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. And he told his people, this land is still ours. Why? Because we have sought the Lord our God. We sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. Asa prayed and taught them to turn, taught his people to turn to the Lord because they come back to the land that was the land of their ancestors, the promised land that God had given the Jewish people. And he encouraged them during this time when there's no one warring against us. We are going to rebuild this land that God has given us and restore a relationship to God. So why did he pray? Why do we pray? Because we are a blessed people that God has given us possessions to have. We talked about it in the first lesson. We pray for prosperity so that God will prosper us so that we can then live as examples for those in our world. It said in verse 8, Asa had an army of 300,000 men from Judah, equipped with large shields and with spears, and 280,000 from Benjamin, armed with small shields and with bows. And then, what do we know about all of these men in the army? It says they were brave fighting men. Brave was an indicator of their spiritual strength. Fighting men was an indicator of the abilities they had learned and gained in their lives. And so we find out why. In verse 9, it says, Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with an army of thousands upon thousands and 300 chariots and came as far as Maresha. What we know from these verses is that a Cushite army, these were people that always wanted this land that Asa had encouraged his people to build back up. Now the Cushites want this land for themselves and they march against Asa and his men, but they have an army of thousands upon thousands. Not only that, they have 300 chariots. Think of chariots as the modern day tanks of their day. They were outmanned, they were outgunned. 
And it says in verse 10, Asa went out to meet him, and they took up battle positions in the valley of Zephathah, near Marashah. And Asa knows he needs help. And so in the following verses, with an army that is much larger and much stronger than his, Asa knows that this battle will require God to help. Asa knows the story of David and Goliath. Asa knows how Joshua was able to lead the Hebrew people across the Jordan River into the land. Asa knows that they are praying that he is praying to a God that caused the walls of Jericho to fall down. Asa knows what God is able to do. And so he turns to God, and this is his prayer. Asa called to the Lord his God. He prayed to the God he knew, the God that belonged to him. And he said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. That was Asa's prayer. And let's look at it again carefully. First of all, he prays to the God he knows. The God he knows is capable of answering his prayer. He knows that God helps the powerless against the mighty. There may have been times in your life when you realize you are up against something that is bigger than your abilities, bigger than what you know how to handle. Do you know that God is the God of the powerless? He's God to us when we don't seek to act in our own strength, but instead rely on his. He said, help us, Lord, for we rely on you. It's easy to pray for God to do what we want him to do and then think somehow God is supposed to help us do it. God doesn't always need to use us. Sometimes he'll use others. We don't rely on our own strengths. We rely on God's and on what God has planned to do. But this is a key part of this prayer. He said, help us, God, because we rely on you and because it's in your name we've come against this vast army. When we pray for God to help, is it for something we want or is it for something we know God wants? Do we pray for God to help us accomplish our will? Or do we pray that God will use us, help us, so that his will can be done? Remember in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus prayed for that, that God's will would be done on earth as it was in heaven. And God answers Asa's prayer. It says that God struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled 
and Asa and his army pursued them as far as Gerar. Then they returned to Jerusalem. I don't know what happened. How did the Lord strike down the Cushites? We just know that he did. God is capable of doing things that we cannot see, that we cannot know. Do we look for God to work or do we look at the results of what God has done? What's God accomplished in your life because you prayed? Can you go back to your prayers and note the answers? Can you see those moments when God did things you didn't even ask him to do and yet they were the perfect answer to what you had prayed? He works in our lives all the time. He answers our prayers in his perfect ways. We call out to him for help, and the help he gives may not be the help we asked for. It is, however, the help we needed. And then when we've received our answers to prayer, we go back to our homes, back to work. One of the best lessons I learned on prayer came from a wonderful teacher named Jill Briscoe, who was praying through an extremely difficult time in her life. She still had speaking to do, ministry to do, but her heart was broken. And so every morning she would go out and sit on her prayer bench and she would pray to God saying, Lord, I need help. I have things to do for you today and my heart is heavy. I can't think. I can't speak like I want to speak. How am I going to do this? And then she said that every morning after she prayed, she walked around a pond in the back of her house. And then she went back to her house and got to work. She said that she learned that lesson from the walls of Jericho because the people were called to walk, walk around the walls of Jericho once every morning. And then they went back to the camp and went about their day. Take your prayers to the Lord and beg him for the help that you need. And then get busy with your day and wait for God to answer. God helps us like he helped Asa, like he helped my friend, like he helped those first Hebrew people as they tried to take Jericho. It says in verse 11, Asa called to the Lord and said, Lord, there is no one like you. And to, to help the powerless against the mighty, help us, Lord. Why? Because we rely on you. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews, the author of Hebrews teaches us to do exactly what Asa did, exactly what my friend did, exactly what those first Jewish soldiers around Jericho did. Call out to God and pray for help. But we do that with confidence. We draw near to the throne of grace so that we can receive God's mercy, his answers, his love, his favor, so that we can find the grace we need 
that will help us in our time of need. None of us live perfect lives, but we can all approach the throne with confidence, knowing that we have a God who wants to help us and who is able. An abbot by the name of Henri de Tourville said, the greatest saints have always shown the perfect combination of nearness to our Lord on the one hand and a deep sense of their own unworthiness and weakness on the other. How do we approach that throne of grace? Knowing that we are worthy because of what Jesus Christ did for us. We are worthy to approach the throne because our heavenly father, our adopted father, is seated on it. But we approach it knowing that we are unworthy of being called a child of God on our own. We're worthy because we've been made worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. So don't hesitate to approach your father with confidence, but do it in utter gratitude because you never could have done that on your own. We rely on the God who can help us because we know we serve a God who already has by giving us his son, Jesus Christ. Pray for God to help, but pray out of utter gratitude for his mercy. See you next time. We hope you're enjoying volume one of our study on prayer. Because you're here, you obviously understand the value of prayer. But aren't there times in life when it seems difficult to know what to pray? With that in mind, our team over at First 15 has created guided prayers to help you connect with God each day. If you're feeling stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, or if you just aren't quite sure what you want to pray, we encourage you to download the free First 15 app in your app store and search Guided Prayers. We hope these meditations will help you spend some time in the presence of God and renew your soul for the rest of your day.